talking about life, faith, and everything in between. This is Messy Christianity. Welcome back to Messy Christianity. Gentlemen, let's try this again. Hey, here we go again. You know, I, I feel like we say it all the time, but man, it is frustrating when you record an entire podcast and you realize that nothing recorded. Actually, you realize it recorded and then it stopped like within a minute of needing to be done. You know, Jeff, but in life, you learn the most from your mistakes. <laughs> Not the topic Wait, of the Now, let's, I don't think it was a mistake. I think it was a uh, it was Satan. Yeah, true. Call the church lady. But hey, the, the reason we are so insistent on this topic is because we really... We really hit some good stuff, so we're going to try it again. We actually gave it a day or two between recording the first time, just so we would not, uh, so it would be uh, again fresh. But the topic is this: What do you do to survive the wilderness? Mm. The wilderness. Now we have a lot of illustrations in the Bible about people being in the wilderness. Sometimes we know how they got there, and sometimes we just see that they're there. But it would be safe to say that all three of us have been in the wilderness at times in our life, and uh, we've survived it. And uh, I would, I would say that at least for me, and I know probably for you too, coming on the other side, it's been a good thing. So, yeah. so let's start with this topic: so wilderness. First of all, several weeks ago, I think I, no, I know I heard somewhere that uh, all the good stuff in the Bible seems to happen in the wilderness. So, yeah, the wilderness is a, is a good thing, even though it doesn't feel good in the season. Obviously, um, it is a good thing. I want to say. Brent, you may be able to take this ball and run with it, but we talked about what gets you into the wilderness. Yeah, there's I was actually processing that. Well, we that's kind of what we summed up, that oh. there's three reasons to be in the wilderness, and those three uh, are... Sin. Yeah, so you got sin, so we got the issues in our own lives that could lead us into the wilderness. Mm-hmm. We've got testing by God. So Jesus went into the wilderness... Led by the Spirit. Uh, led by the Spirit, and... and the other examples, Old Testament as well, where the going into the um, wilderness for a time of testing, for a time mm-hmm. of refinement, was very important. And I can't remember the third one. <laughs> well, I think the third uh, one was the fact that God was was trying to move us to another level of spiritual death. Is that or is that the same as the the last? Let's just go into. <laughs> let's just let's, go into. It doesn't matter. It, you know, it, it'll, it'll come, come to come me. To us you know, Je- Jeff yeah. wanted us to wait a few days so it'd be fresh <laughs> and rethinking, and really my mind now. at the end yeah. of the week is going, uh, <laughs> is yeah. squeezing out my ears. Yeah. So um, I honestly didn't remember the topic until you said it. So. <laughs> 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 I have limited <laughs> space in my old noggin. Well, here. I think I think it'd be safe to say that the the number one thing to do, with I guess, the first step in uh, surviving the and look, we're hitting this from the the direction of surviving, recognizing yeah. Yeah. that we're going to be in the wilderness at some point. I remember the third one. All right, what is it? Demonic attack. Demonic attack, okay. that's right. So um, so you got there by sin, demonic attack, or God. God. Is, has so God, yeah. Satan, or our own or, self. Our own self, there you go. There that's, you go. That's, that's almost a sermon. <laughs> so the first step, though, since we know we're going to be in the wilderness at some point, the first step is to determine... Or discern why are we there? Because yeah. we approach the wilderness survival, anyways, totally different. differently. Yeah, depending on why we're there. So the easiest one to start with is the sin issue. If we're in the wilderness because of sin, then we repent. identify the sin and repent. Yeah. The problem with being in the wilderness is that most of the time, no matter which of the three categories we're in, 
we don't realize we're in the middle of the wilderness till we're in the middle mm. of the wilderness. Yeah. And one of the, the things that comes to mind is the idea of I see the forest in front of me, and I'm in the valley, or I'm in the clearing, and then as I start to enter, there's a few scattered bushes, and there's a few scattered trees, but all of a sudden, it's like a blink of an eye. I was thinking about something else. I was processing something else, and now I look around, and I don't recognize anything. Don't know how I got here. Don't remember all these trees being here, and I look in every single direction, and there's not a clearing in sight. And that's kind of where we, a lot of times, I know for myself, I wake up and literally wake up in the morning feeling like I'm in the wilderness. It's like, how did this happen? Hmm. And at that point, taking it to God and, and trying to discern and figure out what the cause is or why I'm there. But you know, many times it, it, we don't realize that we're there until we're there. And that's, that really doesn't make sense, but that's just the way that it is. You know, I was fishing one time with a buddy of mine, Tom Ford. We were up in Michigan, and we were... Hey, Tom. Hey, Tom. Shout out, out, buddy. (laughs) Uh, See, we only do that so we can tag people and say, hey, you're on a podcast. I'm not going to tell you where. (laughs) Just so so we'll have one extra listener. (laughs) But he and I were in a canoe. I think I've told you this story before. If I have, keep it yourself, because I want to hear it again. Um, We were in a canoe, and we were fishing this little lake. Uh, We were doing a youth retreat, a little break time. And we were right up against this big cliff. And we were catching fish like crazy. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this storm rolled over the cliff, like lightning and thunder and rain coming down. The wind kicked up. And <laughs> it was funny because um, I might not have reacted the way that was the most holy <laughs> because I basically threw everything down and started paddling. I got as low onto the boat as I could. <laughs> it was like, if you can picture, I was laying down on the bottom of the canoe and my hands were sticking up over the side paddling. Wow. My buddy will tell you, we hit the shore of of the house we were staying in, and it was like this one fluid moment. Didn't we hit stop. the shore. I was out of the boat and into the cabin, wow. left him way back in the back. Nice. But you know, the funny thing is, that's the way these these wilderness things are. Yeah. We're just we're just doing life and not even paying attention to the surroundings, and then we find ourselves in the middle of this massive storm. I handled that particular storm not so good. I handled that storm out of fear. We should handle the storm differently or the wilderness differently to make, you know, be consistent here. Instead of being afraid, we ought to be hopeful, Mm. even if it's a sin issue, I think, because it's an opportunity for us to know God deeper and to understand that his promises are true. I mean, how do you how do you know uh, that you can trust your your safety line until you have a need until you fall? Yeah. 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 It's hypothetical up until that point. <clears throat> it is. Right. It is. You know, I'm, I'm thinking of some of our own folks that right now they're going through some hard stuff. And the testimony that I'm hearing from them is that God is is refining, but he's also demonstrating his own uh, goodness, mm-hmm. even in the midst of the trial. You know, I wonder, like, your storm illustration there. And Brent, I agree. Like, there's times where most of the time it's like everything's fine. We're just coasting along in life. And then all of a sudden we're in the wilderness. But I wonder if sometimes the wilderness actually is the point. <laughs> well, no, no, it is the point for sure. But no, I mean, but we, we, not every time, but sometimes you maybe could see it coming. But yeah. you said something, we're not attentive. You said something a minute ago. That we're not paying attention. Not yeah. paying attention. Like, but, we were too busy do, we were too busy fishing. Yeah. And, and to look at the sky. Right. And it's like, it's kind of like, you know, with where we live in North Florida, we know a hurricane's coming. We got about four days typically, you know? So, 
Uh, but but not always. I mean, sometimes life just strikes hard and you just don't see it coming. But I don't know. I think sometimes there's a slow burn, uh, you know, that we should see the wilderness come. Oh, you know what? What you just said makes sense, though, because as, as I look at my own my own life, because where we live, we live right there by the water, mm-hmm. on the water, basically. I'm a fisherman. Josh's a fisherman. We like to fish and you, you try to fish in the windows of weather. So there is not a day that goes by and that hasn't gone by probably in the last 12 years or more that I don't look at the weather for today. I look at the weather for tomorrow and I look at the potential weather for the week. So my mind, even though I'm doing what I have to do each day, I may not be fishing today, but I'm Mm -hmm. always thinking about when can we go and I think that that's what the scripture means when it says to keep in, in Colossians, I think it's three that says, so we fix, uh, it says that we're supposed to, um, Hebrews fix our eyes. No, no, I'm actually Hebrews. thinking of Colossians three, where it says, set your hearts and minds on things oh, above one, I think. Yeah. Or, maybe three. Yeah, well, yeah. Cl- but Colossians, yeah. And, and, and it's the idea of, even though I'm doing life, I'm still constantly mindful of the fact that there's something bigger, there's something greater. Right. And it's, it's a kingdom that's not of this world. So it's almost like I'm looking I'm looking ahead right. so that I can look right below where I am. Or right. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Or is yeah. that too philosophical in nature? Um, no, I think so. But surviving the wilderness, if, if we have one eye on the future constantly, we really shouldn't be surprised as much yeah. by, hey, I'm in the wilderness. How did I get here? I guess technically that really shouldn't ever happen. And that really was the point that I was making, that <laughs> you went from the clearing into the underbrush and the yeah. smaller trees, and then... It's all of a sudden we're in the middle because we've had the warnings, we've had the signs, we've had the it. the opportunity to change direction or even focus on where we're going. But and again, you know, sometimes that's a good thing, sometimes that's a bad thing. You know, a demonic attack that's never a good thing, right? We don't want that, and suddenly that comes on us like the storm on the uh, on the river or on the lake that you were referring to, Jeff. The sin issue is, I think, where we we kind of take one step and it's okay and another step and it's okay. And suddenly we're so far gone. It's like, wow, how did I, how did it get to this point? And then the idea of, of Jesus in the wilderness, that was intentional. You know, Elijah fasting for 40 days, that was intentional. Um, Elisha lying down on his side for X number, you know, hundred plus days, that was intentional and none of it was pleasant. It was all testing and refining and a trial but it was the intentionality of drawing closer to God. So the wilderness uh, is a refining opportunity when it's passionately pursuing Jesus. It's the, it's the wilderness of sin that really boggles us, because when we get in the middle of the wilderness of sin, it's then that we try to look up to see the heavens, and we can't see it because we're so surrounded. It, it reminds me of, of the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit-type movies that Tolkien wrote about where, where the, the band of dwarves and hobbit were in this forest and they could not even see the daylight because it was such an old deep dark forest and the only way to see the daylight to see which direction was north south east and west was for one of them the hobbit to climb to the very top of the tree and then get above all of that and that's kind of where we find ourselves we're in the middle of the forest sometime because of sin and and mistakes and anger and frustration and we we acknowledge hey it's me i'm i'm in this place i don't know why i'm in this place i'm trying to get out of it but there's the intentionality of you know god gave me two knees 
for a reason. And sometimes it's to get on those knees in prayer. Sometimes it's to use those knees to climb that tree to get to the top, to get my bearing about which direction I'm supposed to be going. Because, you know, when we think about God, we always point up. We thought, you know, heaven is up and things of that nature. That's what we need to do. We need to go above the tree line and look toward the heaven to see where our light is coming from and where the, the wind is and uh, our, get, our, get our bearings again. So it's that intentionality. But that's hard. Who wants to climb a giant tree, <laughs> you know, in the middle of a forest? you got risk of falling. You know, so many bad things can go wrong, but that's what's necessary when we find ourselves there. You know, and all of our humanity plays a part of the the difficulty in getting out as well, because who wants to climb a tree when they're tired? Or who wants to climb a tree when they're frustrated or Mm -hmm. when they're uh, discouraged? I mean, when we need to do that the most is when we feel like doing it the least, which I actually think that that is a major point of being in the wilderness. The wilderness tends to mess with our feelings. And we tend to forget the facts. And by facts, I'm talking about the truth, the truth of who God is and the truth Mm -hmm. of who we are. Um, So without a doubt, sin is one of the reasons that we find ourselves in the wilderness. Sin breaks our fellowship with God. And, uh, you know, all three of us are married, so we well know that if, if there's something going on between us and our spouse, there's tension in the air. And no matter, you know, you could pretend it's not there, but it's there. And the only way to clear it up is to actually deal with it and go, okay, can we reconcile this? Same thing with God. Yeah. Same exact way. Only you won't come out of the wilderness without repentance if, no. if, if you're there because of sin. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah, that's, that's a, uh, that's that's a 100% absolute yeah. truth. Um, so what about the fact that the enemy is just um, pursuing us in a way that it, it puts us in the wilderness? Um, how, how do we deal with that? How do we survive that? Some things require deliverance. Um, I mean, yeah, Jesus said it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, some things require deliverance from, uh, and so so then it comes to how well, how you delivered, and that's a bigger <laughs> question there. But um, surrounding yourself with the Word of God, surrounding yourself with with believers, uh, worship. You know, just uh, putting yourself in the right place to fight off the enemy and now would be a great time for Ephesians 6 Brent I yeah think. <laughs> <laughs> um, armor of God right yeah yeah it, it's a spiritual battle you know one of the things that that came to my mind as we were talking about this is that the intentionality of going into the wilderness for refinement I choose to pursue Christ I choose to uh, passionately pursue more of God, so I'm craving clean hands, pure heart, a resolute spirit. I'm I'm striving and desiring eyes to see the world the way that He sees it, and ears to hear the world the way that He hears it, and a heart just like Jesus to impact the world. And as I'm pursuing those things, sometimes we go into those times of refinement because God says, "Well, you want more of Me? Okay, there's some things that have to be." taken care of. There's some purification that needs to happen, some refinement that needs to happen, which is painful, which is a process, which is hardly ever pleasant. But guess what? Even in the midst of the purification process, even in the midst of the refinement, the evil one sees you being refined, yep. sees your heart's desire yep. for purification, and attacks even in the midst of you being refined by God. Mm-hmm. Jesus is the example yeah, of that. Jesus, yep. uh, you, you know, 40 days in the in the wilderness, in the desert, mm-hmm. um, fasting, praying, and even in the midst of that, the evil one's attacking. And we only have a, 
recording of the last three, but I think all three of us have had conversations yeah. in the past. Happened we believe it was happening 40 days yeah. and probably nonstop, but just the weaker that Jesus became because of the lack of nutrition, uh, the more vulnerable mm-hmm. to attack as as with us. And, and the first and, temptation. Yeah, and, and, and so... Make what, some bread. What's what's he yeah. what's he answer? It's with the word of God. It's with the truth. And so and notice, and I don't know if you just said this because I was I was uh, looking at something, but he he attacked the enemy attacks from the in the flesh first. Yeah, he attacks the the your your basic human weakness. Right. You're then yeah. yeah, you're hungry. Here, make yourself something. To eat. Yep. Right. And then he attacks the the flesh of our pride, you know, mm-hmm. our own, mm-hmm. um, you know, this this is I can do that. You can't yeah. tell me ego. that. Ego, yeah, ego. That's right. And yeah. then he goes to the spiritual. Hmm. And I wonder, I wonder if that's a pattern that he, I think it is. I think because I think the easiest way to get us is through the flesh, through the 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 physical needs. Mm-hmm. And then the second one is through our ego. Yeah. And then if he can't do those, he'll go towards the spiritual, and and he cloaks that spiritual stuff with he, he basically he puts just enough lie in it to where it looks like it's truth like kind of like poop brownies <laughs> yeah i mean thank you those, skit guys yeah skit guys shout out skit guys um for those of you who just sh- took took a, a a step back we appreciate a, them listening every week too. yes thank we you. do <laughs> <laughs> you know what i wonder yeah. if the skit guys would actually do a uh uh, a we, skit about three pastors doing a podcast. Well, so we'll see. And in yeah. what if they shouted out to the skit guys in the skit guys skit guys kit? Never mind. Okay, yeah. But but it, but it, it's true. You know, um, he he attacks us that way. And our spiritual battle, though, is we fight all three of those areas with the same in the same way through the armor of God. Right. And think about why he attacks us in the physical realm. Is because part of the truth in Scripture is one of God's attributes. We call them names of God. One of His attributes is He's called Jehovah Jireh, uh, Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides, God my provider. And when the evil one attacks an area of my mind and and me physically, keep going. To <laughs> <laughs> I thought we had a problem. Uh, yeah. We do have a problem. We're still going. Um, uh, Jehovah Jireh. When he attacks the evil of your mind. Yeah. Uh, goodness. Anyway, when when <laughs> when the evil one attacks the area that of of God providing, it really brings into question: Do I really believe that God is my provider? Mm-hmm. And I can tell you, for me, that is a huge struggle. It, it really is, and not necessarily from a physical health, but from a financial perspective. Mm-hmm. That's that's always. I mean, you know, uh, husband, father of four, um, you know, always, you know, trying to consider and think through, you know, the financial burdens of life in the future. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna tell you, that is a that's a huge sure. struggle. And for me to daily, it's easy, uh, you know, working on the budget for this particular week, this particular month, and say, God's got this. I got the finances yeah. covered. But start thinking about the future and the things that we want to do and things that. Uh, you know, I want to be able to provide. Suddenly I'm questioning, God, are you really my provider? Because, you know, think about the missionaries in the other parts of the world that don't have anything, and, and God's providing, and all they have is the Word of God, and they're happy, and they're excited. And I'm like, well, why can't I live like that? Why, why, do, I, why do I have that struggle? And, you know, we've had this conversation umpteen times, and that's a, probably a different podcast. But that truly is the essence of a, of a mindset 
and a question of, is God truly my provider? Will he provide? You know, as he says in the scriptures, don't eat and don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will take care of itself. Now, you know, the, the birds of the field are fed. You know, little squirrels have their nuts. Everybody's taken mm-hmm. care of, and it, it everything's provided, yet for, for nature, yet for us, it's a, it's a huge struggle. Yep. So, all right, let's just pull this back in here. So, uh, the wilderness, the original question was, what do you do when you find yourself in the wilderness, right? Yes. I think. How do you survive the wilderness? How do you survive the wilderness? So we've talked about there's Speaking of squirrels, right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> we've talked about three different ways you get in the wilderness. It's either yep. by your own sin or by satanic attack or by God, the Holy Spirit. Wanting to teach you. us something. Yep. So, so what do you do when you find yourself? And the first one I think we have said is identify why you're there in the first place. Yep. Is it Which one of these three is it? Um, then number two, I think we've talked about praying or climbing the tree, you know, so uh, those two things, like, and that's some more discernment, and then that's getting a, a, a loftier view. Um, perspective, really. Perspective. Is what it is. So, yeah. but I, I do think just to <clears throat> bring it back, figuring out that first part, why you were there in the first place, is so key. Yeah. Um, and then that may require the, the on the knees kind of thing. And that requires um, a humility and a patience, mm-hmm. because sometimes the the um, well, let's just think of it this way: Jesus was not in the wilderness for two days or three days or four days; yeah. it was forty days. Yeah, forty days. And if Jesus was in the wilderness, now we're talking figurative wilderness; yeah. he was in the literal wilderness. But but it's the same kind of idea. Yeah. If he was there forty days, what makes us think that we're going to get in and out in a week? You know, our wilderness might yeah. be a year. However, flip side, Israel stayed in the wilderness much, 40 much years. longer than they had to, though. That's right. You know, they were close the whole time. So, you know, God will let you stay there. <laughs> I I would almost argue that the only, the only bona fide reason for us to be in the wilderness that would be God's purpose would be when... Uh, when he allows us to be there to teach us. Mm-hmm. I would think that the sin issue, that's not part of his will. He did not want the Israelites oh, to absolutely. wander for four. He wanted yeah. them to move out and into yeah. the king, to the promised land. But you uh, think David, David doesn't beat a big giant unless he's already learned how to beat lions and yeah. tigers and bears, you know, whatever. I mean, that's his, his preparation time was in the wilderness, literally. So. Brent, you mentioned something a minute ago that, that kind of struck me a little bit. That that you were you know you're in the wilderness and you're you're going how come I can't do this and look at the missionaries and they're they're a joy and all that but I think sometimes we mislabel or or we not idolize but we we think that other people don't deal with this kind of stuff but when you read the testimonies of so many people who have served God in in a distant land they go through extreme trials of loneliness and brokenness and. You know, they're the heroes of the faith, and so we go, wait a minute, if they deal with it, why would I expect that I'm not going right. to deal with it? So, and, and I know that's not what you were meaning, but but I think it's a point for us to realize that being in the wilderness is part of life because we are human and because all of these things exist, uh, these reasons anyways. I want to throw another, another one in here of what the what to do is if you find yourself there, would, would be to... Uh, gain, we may have mentioned this already, but gain perspective from others uh, that you trust, that you know love you, um, but gain their perspective. It, the wilderness, it isn't a lone thing, but at some point um, it, it's... You do get a phone a friend as a lifeline. Yes, right. So, 
Um, you know, armor of God, you had a great point the other day. And I totally agree with what you said, by the yeah. way. Cool. Um, you, you mentioned that, that, again, with perspective, we have this idea about, you know, fighting in the armor of God that we're all clean, clean and shiny. Well, that's and, what we teach in Sunday school and kids' church and things of that nature. And even when you look at the... <laughs> Yeah, if you look at the pictures that we show in the in the when we're teaching teenagers and children and even in adults sometimes is this perfect Roman soldier top to bottom shiny golden armor, you know, not not a nick, not a scratch. How on earth they ironed 2000 years ago, I don't know, but you know, everything's, you know, not a wrinkle, just mm-hmm. perfection, you know. Everything in its place. And then the Bible talks about in Ephesians that we are to put on the full armor of God, but after it after that, a few sentences later, it says at the end, I'm summoning it up, it basically says at the end of all that, we're called to remain standing, be found standing. And you think about that at the end of the battle, you you know, from dawn to dusk, it's been a bloody, gory, horrific battle in the physical realm for the Romans or or e- even in, in our world today, but in the spiritual realm as well, because our battle is not against flesh and blood, as, as we were told in that same chapter. And when you look at that Roman soldier at the end of the battle— who's barely able to stand up, mm. who's covered with literal blood from from the enemies. The the sword is no longer straight. It's got a couple of dents in it, may even be uh, broken on, on the tip. The helmet's sideways. The breastplate has, has got chinks and pieces missing of it. The, the shield of faith has arrows that are still in it and spear tips that are still in it from the battle. And, and there's decimation and horrific things all around, and there's dead bodies and moaning and groaning and horrific sounds everywhere in the midst of what was or what's concluding in this battle, and we're called to be main standing at the end of it. So, Fatigued, exhausted, yeah, right. but standing. So to that person listening that says, hey, I've made mistakes, I've just, I, I'm in the wilderness, I've, I've come through the wilderness, but I just did it wrong, I'm, well, no, you didn't. If you're standing, you didn't do it wrong at all, right? Yeah, and I, I was I was thinking about that a moment ago. You know, perception of truth is critical because one of the things that the evil one's good at is taking our situation and tweaking our mindset so that we don't truly see it clearly. In other words, you're in this particular situation because God ordained it, and you're growing, and you're learning, and you're being purified, but the evil one tells you, whispers in your ear, it's because you're unfaithful is because you're really not cut out for this. It's because you're not good enough, and God's disappointed in you. And all these lies, when God says, I'm purifying you, you're in my arms, I'm refining you, and the evil one says, he's a million miles away. Don't you grasp that? And so those little lies and little whispers, uh, if we're not careful, you know, pursuing the intentionality of, of discovering what is the truth behind this. And that we all mention good things through prayer and surrounding ourselves with godly people that's going to encourage us and equip us and things of that nature. The Word of God itself, that's, that's where we have to find ourselves. You know, one of the, one of the habits that, that I started a while back um, was writing down, as I came across, as I was reading Scripture, I came across a promise of God that was for the church universal. It's for everybody. It wasn't a one-and-done type of promise in the Scripture, but it's for all of us. I would start writing them down and say, this is truth. Mm-hmm. And when I find myself in a situation where I don't know if I believe this anymore or I'm struggling with this, I have to look at it 
and write where it's written down and say, no, this is truth. Right. Everything else I'm hearing in my mind is a lie because this is foundational mm-hmm. truth. Why does it take us so long to figure out who we are in Christ, our We're own identity? Man. I mean, if you think about it, though, everything is solved mm-hmm. if we know our identity. When I say everything, maybe yeah. that's too broad, but... For the most part, most of our issues are are a a confusion of who we are and whose we are. Guard your heart. It's the wellspring of life. Guard your steps as you enter the house of God. I mean, there's so many. Yeah. There's a way that seems right to man, but in the end leads to death. It's almost like the Bible deals with everything. Mm -hmm. Almost. Almost. (laughs) Well, boys, uh, we are at our time. It is... uh, time to, to plug it up here yeah. thanks for the conversation and uh for those who who have made it to the end you are uh you shall be saved no. um if you made it to the end then the the little hiccup earlier was that once again our recorder stopped recording so hmm. somehow or another this thing just keeps shutting off but we had a plan and we, we had a backup. a backup recording device. Mm-hmm. So hopefully this will put, turn out okay. And uh, we appreciate your patience. Do us a favor. Like and subscribe to this podcast. If you will share it, if it's been helpful to you. Uh, our hope is simply to be a, 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 an encouragement to the body of Christ. So thank you for watching or for listening. And we will see you on the flip side. Thank you for listening to Messy Christianity. Three guys talking about life faith, and everything in between. Want to know more? Check us out at www.storypointchurch.com or www.messychristianity.com.